this morning? All right. Hey, we're, we're, in the, we're in the, hey, parents, you should be getting really happy. We're about 30 days now from kids going back to school, right? All right, so wow, that got kids' parents going, right? Um, but hey, we're, we've been covering the summer series this whole past month about the, the, that and what having a cookout means. And, you know, and if you haven't been with us, um, sorry you missed out, but hey, um, you're gonna, well, we're going to wrap it all up today and you'll be able to catch up a little bit. If you haven't filled out your connection card, I really encourage you to do that. And, um, and at the end of the service, we'll collect those again because um, today is the big giveaway of this beautiful charcoal grill. Um, because I've been using it as a podium for the past month, and now I'm ready to give it away to somebody that's been paying attention over the past month or so. But, you know, so we've been talking about the, the preparation that, uh, to have a very successful cookout, to have a very successful uh, event in your life, you need to have preparation. It all takes preparation. That goes the same with everything in every area of our life. And a cookout is no different. And so, you know, we have to have some of those things. And so over the past few weeks, we've, we've kind of, we're going to kind of review a little bit, see who paid attention. Um, we, we, we started off the first week by having, we have to start off with the what? The proper cooking Equipment, right. And so, um, so somebody was paying attention, at least one of you. Um, and so, okay, that one person or maybe others that now you remember. Oh, Michelle, okay, yes, I know you pay attention. You usually sit in the front row. All right, so the first piece of equipment we got to put on when we're ready for a cookout is our what? Our belt of truth. This is also illustrating the, 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 the full armor of God that we're supposed to put on our lives every, every day, that we're trying to battle the world and, and that. So we got our belt of truth, which is, which is, that, is that loyalty, that, that symbol of loyalty that we're showing that we're going to live our life out with God, that we're going to try to live this life as passionate as we can, serving him. All right, so the next, the, the next piece of armor that we put on is our... Breastplate of righteousness or our cooking apron of righteousness. All right, so this is not to say that we're righteous or we're better than anybody else, but what we're trying to say here when we put this on is, is that we are trying to say that we're trying to live a life that is pleasing to God. Because then when we are, that we have the breastplate of righteousness that's on, that our heart is protected from the enemy that tries to throw things out of this world. You know that we're, we're protected, our front is covered. All right, so then, so then the third piece of equipment that we had to put on was our shoes, our, our shoes of the gospel of peace. All right, we needed to have the proper footing in our life, which means we needed to try to have our life built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because when we have our footing on that, it doesn't matter what the world throws at us, and we've got that proper footing, we're going to be able to stand the storms of life. You know, we, it's a marathon. This isn't a, a, a quick fix thing, life with this journey with God. It's a marathon race. And if you don't have the proper footing in, in a marathon race, you're going to end up with blisters and it's going to be miserable. But we wanted to have that proper footing. At the grill, we wanted to have that proper footing because sometimes we get flare-ups at the grill and we need to back away quickly. We need to be protected and we have to have those things. All right, so the, third, the, the fourth piece of equipment then that God gave us in, in that week was our, this is what we up here holding it here, our shield of faith. And it's our faith in God that, that we have in him that helps protect us to go through the storms of life. That yes, the enemy's arrows or darts may hit us or penetrate us. Maybe we might get nicks or scrapes or bumps or bruises. But yet, because of our faith in God, we know we can persevere through and we can work through that. And then, my personal favorite, last week you guys get to laugh at me in this, but it's our what? It's the helmet of salvation, right? It's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ is our hope. And our Savior. It's our covering that we have and the hope that we have in, in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And then, and then we're finally given our last piece of equipment is our, 
our sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, then as we grow in knowledge of the, that of God and we use him, then we have those, that piece of equipment then to be able to be on the offensive of the enemy who's trying to take us down, right? All right, so we had that. That was our first week of the, of, of the series. The second week, once we had our proper cooking equipment on and we're preparing for a cookout, we needed to make sure we had the right type of Seasoning, right, seasoning. And then in, within the right seasoning, no matter what type of combination you come up with, with your secret seasoning that goes at the grill, a guaranteed most likely one of those key ingredients is that of salt. And salt, God calls us to be salt of the earth. He wants us to be the salt that enhances the flavor of the lives of other people around us. That he wants us to be that salt, which is that preserving the, the gospel message. Because salt is used as a preservative to preserve meat. And then he wanted us to be the salt that allows healing because salt actually brings upon healing and induces healing. And so we wanted to be the healing in the lives of other people. And then Pastor Kelly shared with you last week about the what? Timing, the proper cooking time. And that there, we all have times where we want to jump the agenda of our lives and we want to push things forward. But sometimes that isn't God's timing. And God's timing is just perfect. Always. And, and, you know, when you have that perfect cooking time and you allow that, with be patiently in that, in that cooking time, you end up with a beautiful steak at the end of the cookout. Now, as we come into the final stretches of the cookout, one of my favorite things is that we have is the side dishes. The side dishes bring the whole cookout experience into completion. And there's a lot of different side dishes you can have. You can have the baked beans. You can have... Potato salad, macaroni salad, they all do something a little different to you, though, don't they? Sometimes they can leave you feeling a little heavy, maybe a little gassy. Um, you know, so, but there's one side dish that I believe that is better than all the other side dishes because no matter what, it brings a refreshing spirit, a refreshing, uh, just a sense of being refreshed at the end of the cookout. And that's the fruit salad. Oh, come on. There's some parents out there that know what you're supposed to do after you hear fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. How many parents had, the, yeah, you, you're just afraid to admit that you watch the Wiggles with your kids. So everyone's going to do it to watch the Wiggles with their kids. Fruit salad. All right, that's good. All right, so yes, yeah, so a fruit salad. It's, the, it's, it's, that, it's that refreshing, it's that refreshing fruit that brings just the sense of like renew, re, re, renew. I made up a word. Um, you can write it down in the dictionary. It means to be refreshed. <laughs> All right. It, it brings upon this just the sense of being refreshed. When you bite into some fruit that's crisp and watery, it brings back the flavors. It brings back just a sense of peace, maybe hydration and things like that. And so we're going to talk about that God has provided us with a fruit of the Spirit, a fruit of the Spirit that helps us to be refreshed in our armor that we put on daily as we're trying to be the salt in the earth and we're trying to reach out to, to those in our community and we're allowing God's perfect timing in there. So if you have your Bibles with you today or if you have the Bible app on your phone, you're gonna open up to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five, and you don't need to worry if you don't have any of those there, they're right there on the screen and you're gonna follow along. But Galatians chapter five, verses... Stacy corrected me on this earlier. It's not 12, is it? I said 12. 22 through 23, okay? To set this up before we go into this, I want to talk about what Paul is telling the, 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 the church there. What he's saying in Galatians before this is that we are living in a world where we are in a battle with the flesh. Not the flesh of other people, but sometimes our own sinful flesh. 
We are in this battle that, that of, of maybe sexual sin, um, uh, of just these different desires and things that we want, of this greed that are our pride, and these things try to get into our lives, and that's the battle of our, of our flesh that we're, we're trying that. So God's given us this tool, this fruit of the Spirit, to help counterbalance that, to battle against those things, that we can die to ourselves and we can be refreshed and renewed in God's Spirit. Um, as we as we devour this fruit. Now, so Galatians 5, 22, 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And he's selling us this because there is nothing that can defeat these things. When you're filled, the law can't defeat it. The sin can't defeat these things if you're filled with the spirit of God. And there's nine fruits that make up one fruit, all right? Just like when you put together a fruit salad, there's some of us that may be, you know, that person on the plate. How many of us, like, eat one thing off a plate at a time? Yeah, there's, there's those out there. And then probably those that even when you gather fruit salad, that you eat one fruit out of there, eat all the grapes first, then the strawberries. It's boring. It's not how it's supposed to be, people. It's supposed to be one fruit salad in unity with each other. And that's what God's saying is that this is the fruits of the Spirit makes up one fruit of the Spirit. And that's what we're talking about today. But we're going to kind of go through this a little bit. And I'm going to give you some visuals because that's what this whole get-up's about is being visual. So when you're at the grill, you're thinking next time you're flipping a burger that, hey, I got the sword of the Spirit. I'm, I'm putting salt. Am I being the salt? You know, I talked to my mom she loved the message she's been watching online. And she said, yeah, never know. when I put uh, salt on my fries, that reminds me that hey, I'm supposed to be the salt on somebody's life. I'm supposed to be the salt in, in, in there. So the visuals are there. So we're going to kind of do the same thing. So we're going to start off. There's nine fruits of the Spirit, and I'm going to break these into three different categories. You're going to follow along in your notes, but there's three different categories with these, within these nine fruits. Now, we all want to take on these fruits because they're all the fruits that are the virtues of Jesus himself. He carries these fruits with him in his spirit. And, but yet, they're divided up a little bit into to thirds. And the first fruit is that of, of love, and that's the strawberry. Now, of course, we use the strawberry on Valentine's Day. We love to give these to our wives or girlfriends or whatever to dip in chocolate, and we, we are trying to get their love and affection back by giving them these gifts, right? But I chose the strawberry one because it's also when you cut into it, it has that nice little heart shape. But... What this really means is it's a different type of love. You see, when, we, when we're giving those gifts, most likely is that we're giving some sort of conditional love because we're giving love in order to receive love. And this isn't the type of love that God and Paul are talking about here. This, isn't the, the, this is the love. This first three fruits kind of talk of the Holy Trinity. And love is that of God, the Father. And love is an agape love. It's a love that is unconditional. You know, there's been, a, there's been a saying that I've learned since being here at Salem Fields for 15 years um, that, that I love. One of the first times I ever sat in the seats where you guys are sitting, um, when my first service is here, I heard these words, that God loves you. He's crazy about you. He doesn't care where you spent last night or what you did last night. He's just happy that you're here now. And see, that's a love that's an unconditional love. That God has an unconditional love for us. It's, an, it's, an, it's a love that he has that has no boundaries, no walls. And he loves us so much that he allowed his son to die on the cross for us. 
and he patiently waits. And we're gonna get into those parts of this. But God's love is an agape love. It's an unconditional love. And that's what he's asking for us to have. And our spirit is an agape love towards one another. He says in his, in, in the, in his word, as we arm ourselves with the sword of the spirit of the truth, is that we would love one another. We would love others like we want to be loved. It's an agape love. You don't want conditions on the way somebody loves you. And I don't want conditions on the way someone loves me. We want an, a, a, an unconditional love. But yet we tend to, to put conditions on it. And God wants us to share agape love. And so in, in first, uh, in, not first, but in Colossians 3.14, it says, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And God's love binds everything together in perfect unity. And it, and it, it goes on to say the next, with the next two pieces of fruit, which are, are, are the, that of joy and peace. Joy and peace. We've got blueberries, which I think, Bring me joy. I love blueberry pies. So those that like to bake pies, um, you can bring me blueberry pie. Um, and I'll be your friend. And I'll love you unconditionally. Um, <laughs> no kidding. But blueberries. Blueberries is this, this, this joy that comes through. it. It represents that of Jesus Christ. A joy that comes into your life when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. There's a joy that overcomes your heart. Doesn't mean everything's gonna be okay, but there's a joy that can be that overcomes. And when you do that, then he gives you peace through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, because he promises you in his word that, that I will give you an advocate, I will give you a comforter that will be there for you in your times of need. And and so you have this peace, this peach to, of peace to, to have in your in, in your spiritual fruit basket that, that's there to bring you. Joy through your tough days. Disney's Pixar movie, Inside Out, was a great movie that illustrates this. If you've seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, I'm spoiling it for you. But you need to see it anyway. But what this movie is about is it's about this, this girl's emotions. And she's dealing with trying to, with joy and anger and disgust and fear and sadness and Joy is trying to always suppress those others because she thinks it's just about being happy all the time, but yet there's a perfect balance between the two fruits. There's a perfect balance between these things and the, and the, of, of the trinity of the love of God, the joy of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. When they come into unity with each other, that you can allow yourself to have joy and understanding through those tough times. You see, in that movie, Joy had to learn that she needed sadness in order for the girl to really to be able to experience joy. That the girl needed to be able to embrace her anger or her fear or her disgust in order for them to really be able to work in harmony together as a team. And see, God wants us to have these in our lives. He wants us to be able to understand that his love is unconditional. That he's given us a joy that we can experience through the love of Jesus Christ that died on the cross. And that, that then, as we experience that, he's going to fill us with his Holy Spirit that will bring upon peace even in our tough days. The next three pieces of fruit, the next three pieces of fruit, they, they're, they're, it's about our personal development in the way that we treat others. 
The first thing is this, and if you pray for this, I, I, you, you know what I'm talking about because I've made the mistake of praying for this myself, and that's for patience. And God will test you in patience. He's tested me in three ways. A son, a daughter, and a son. And patience is there to be tested, and, and, but yet it, the pineapple is that fruit of patience. I love pineapple, but I hate cutting pineapple because you have to be patient with pineapple because if you cut too far in, then you've cut some of the good fruit out. If you've cut too close to the edge, then you still got that tough rind on the outside. And besides, it's rough on the outside. You gotta be patient with pineapple. You gotta be patient in life. You see, God's patience, his spirit that he gives us, the fruit of patience is that of, that displays God's complete love for us. You see, God's patient with us. He's completely patient with us. He waits at the heart, our doorway of our heart. And he knocks, patiently waiting for the day that we will open it up to him, to receive him as our savior, to receive his son. He doesn't force himself upon us. He doesn't force himself upon there, but he, he's patient. Just as we need to be patient with the people in our lives. Maybe we've been wronged by a, some, a family member, a, a coworker, um, just a neighbor. Somebody's wronged us. And we know that they need to figure out that they need to be asking for forgiveness, but yet it's not our place to do that. It's our place to be patient with them. It's our place to be patient with them because when we're patient with them, it shows that we love them, that we truly care about them. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. In 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 16, it says this, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for the very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive him fruit of eternal life. He's patient. He works with all of us at a, on his time so that we can then, then, that he will then fulfill the love in our lives that we can then experience and be patient and serve the love towards others. And that's what he wants us to do. And when we've been patient and we've gone through patience, then we go to the honeydew. The honeydew is a mild fruit. It adds a little bit of flavor to the fruit salad overall, but yet it's there. Because it's not trying to be boastful in the way of its flavor and those things, but yet it's trying to show that of kindness to the other fruits. It's a kindness that is that of almost a gentleness. It's God's kindness that has the intent to show us a repent, that of taking us to a place of repentance, then it will display his forgiveness. When we're displaying this towards others, we're displaying a kindness, then as we're patiently waiting in the, in, there for the, in the wings of the lives of other people, that the day will come because of our kindness that they, maybe that they're, they will know that they've been wrong and they will come seeking forgiveness. And then we give the extend that forgiveness through our kindness. But we're not there to kind of force them into that. We're gently being kind to those people. You see, God was kind in those ways with us. He was kind. He was patient. 
It's a point of trying to be kind to having that understanding and forgiveness, giving heart. Because God has ultimately forgiven us. Romans eleven twelve says, Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness is to those who fell, but the kindness to you. Provided that you continue in this kindness, otherwise you'll be cut off. And what Paul is saying is that our kindness, the way we treat others, is a reflection of God's love. And if, if we're calling ourselves believers in Christ and we're not extending kindness, then we're not being a very good witness to that of God. Because God was first kind with us, so therefore we must be kind to others and be forgiving. And this last piece here in this, this, this three pieces of fruit that, that come up is that of, of goodness. Grapes, the fruit of goodness. Nothing like having a refreshing biting into a grape in the middle of a fruit salad because it just brings upon a little bit of sourness but yet refreshes and the taste is good. You know, I was at a swim meet this past weekend and um, yesterday out the, for the summer leagues that are all over town and the scorching heat and one of the best things that he can do is have frozen grapes. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> so refreshing. They're good. The goodness is there. You know, biting into that grape and that mixture of fruit, and then when you get that grape, there's just a sense of goodness that's, that's, that's there that, that brings upon this goodness of compassion. This goodness represents that of compassion with God, and that we're compassionately loving and seeking the relationships of others to be there with them and be in unity with them. You see, the grape is there trying to compassionately seek out unity amongst all the other fruits within the salad. And we're to do the same. Just as God's goodness is displayed through the love of Jesus Christ, it brings us back into unity with him. God's compassion through his love for us, for his son Jesus, it brings us back into unity with him. It brings, represents that goodness of God. And we're to expend that goodness towards others as we're the salt in the lives of other people. We're extending that good flavor into their lives. We're enhancing their lives. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Now, as we come into the home stretch of making this salad, there's three pieces of fruit that are really about then us and how we're living our, our life. It really kind of goes back to reinforce the apron or the breastplate of righteousness. That it's not there that saying that we're righteous, but it's there as the tools to say that we're trying to live that of a life of holiness before God. And the first fruit in that is that of the faithful apple. The faithful apple, you see, is that one piece of fruit that it doesn't matter what type of fruit salad you make, that you can drop an apple in it and it will mix and blend well with the other fruits. It's faithful, it's loyal. It's loyal to the fruit family. It's kind of like the belt of truth, the loyalty to God. The faithfulness in which, which we live our lives, trying to live a faithful life with that of God. This is a piece of, of fruit that allows us to be also represent like kind of the faithfulness of that of a marriage. You see, ultimately, we, the church, are to be married to Christ Jesus. And he was faithful to us, his bride, in such a way that he extended to the point of sacrifice that he sacrificed his own life for you and I. 
And so his faithfulness is proven to hold true and strong. And when we're married in relationships with that, in that relationship, that marriage relationship, it's not so much about being committed and faithful to that spouse, but it's ultimately about being committed and faithful to God and the covenant that you made to him in front of your spouse. It's that of faithfulness. And so when, we, when we're showing this, have this fruit of faithfulness in our lives, we're just showing that we're committed to the life of living this life with God in a place of holiness. Because he expects that from us to prove ourselves faithful. He says this in 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Now it is required that those that have been given a trust must prove faithful. And you see, if we've been given a trust and we accept the, the gift of Jesus Christ in our life, we've been given a trust. And we need to prove ourselves faithful with that trust by putting on the full armor of God every day of our lives. Being that right seasoning in the lives of those people around us. Allowing God's timing to be our timing. And that we allow ourselves to be united in the fruit of the Spirit to be able to carry out the love towards others. The next piece of fruit is that of gentleness. And it's the kiwi. It's a gentle fruit. It's got fuzz on it. It's kind of fuzzy. Gentle. It's, it's a fruit. And we talked a little bit earlier about gentleness. But it's a fruit that's not like that of the honeydew, the kindness. It's a sort of gentleness that this is a very, what I would call a meek or humble fruit. While it's kind of fuzzy and gentle on the outside, it doesn't boast about its flavor because it's not trying to look better like the strawberry or anything like that. I mean, you look at this in the store and ugh. But it feels cool. But yet it's meek. It's humble. When it mixes in with the rest of the fruit, it's not trying to boast about who it is in the salad. It's trying to show humility that it blends well with the others and it, to create the one fruit salad and to be humble in that. You see, Christ was that for us. He's asking us to be that, not to be boastful, not to, be, to, to, to try to keep checking off these boxes of that of boys that we can get, but yet he wants us to be humble. He wants to set aside our pride. Jesus displayed this best. Is the one that the opposite of prideful and arrogant. Jesus was not prideful or arrogant, but yet we can tend to be very prideful and arrogant. And this fruit of gentleness is to remind us that we're not to be prideful and arrogant. Jesus was able to handle things in a proper way. You see, he handled the injustices with a stern, a kindness of a sternness, but yet with a sense of humility and forgiveness and compassion. You think about the time when Jesus was at the temple and he, he, he set the place, turning over tables and that, but he did that because of the injustice that was happening to the people. Yet he was compassionate enough that when it came down to the woman at the well, that he was able to forgive her and said, go and sin no more. This gentleness is that that we need to be reminded of is that despite what we may have done last night, where we were 
or maybe what, things that we've gone through, that God, no matter what, even over our time in our relationship with him, extends this gentleness to us. This kindness, this, this gentleness of forgiveness. And we need to extend that towards others. We need to have that humility, not saying that we're better than anybody else by judging them or pointing our fingers at them, but yet we're there to love them and accept them. It says this in Colossians 3, 2. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. The band's gonna come out as we're getting ready for this last piece of fruit, which has been a piece of fruit that I warn you that many of us probably struggle with. And if we're not careful with this piece of fruit, it can really come back to haunt us. And that's the fruit of watermelon. Eat too much watermelon and you'll be watermelon running. But this is a fruit that tastes so good on a hot day like today. You can eat it, it refreshes the spirit, it's full of water, nutrients, it kind of does that, but you got to display self-control with watermelon. Could have used cherries too, but watermelon. When you put it in the fruit salad, if you put too much watermelon, it's gonna take away from all the other fruit. It tends to get mushy or squished with all the other fruit, doesn't keep its wholeness. You gotta be self-controlled. You gotta have control with this. And God wants us to have self-control. You see, to have self-control is the way that we can defeat the temptations in our life. To be filled with the, the spirit of self-control is to have that control over the sins of our life. The temptations that may try to come to us with pride, with greed, with sexual immorality. Those things are all there and trying to attack us, but if we show restraint and self-control and to give and not giving in to those temptations, then we've, we are conquering and using this fruit of the Spirit. What brings all the other fruits back together in unity with one another. You know, it's, it's important that we use our self-control and our influence, that we don't allow ourselves to abuse our power or our control over others and influence them. That's why it's so important to go back and remember our faithfulness to God and our gentleness with our meekness and our humility and we're self-control with all that. In 1 Corinthians 9.25, it says, everyone who competes in the games go into, a, go into strict training. They do it for a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that lasts forever. And what this is saying is when we put on the full armor of God, we're getting ourselves ready for a, a warfare, a battle, a, a, a competition that's going to be long-lasting. That when we allow the, ourselves to be the salt that enhances the flavor of the world around us and we allow our, our God's time to work in our lives and allow the fruit of his spirit to take over and control of our life, trying to live pleasing to him in that way, that we're doing it to gain a crown that will last forever, unlike the competitors and stuff we watch on TV that will eventually burn out, retire. 
Their glory lasts for a little bit, but ours is, lasts for eternity. You know, this, brought, this whole series has brought me to a point of trying to remember that, wow, I've, done a, I've failed in a lot of ways of trying to remember to put on the full armor of God to protect myself and to allow the, the spirit of the fruit to be within me. And I haven't done maybe the best job of being the salt to those around me. And so I hope that we use this, this, this message, while goofy as it may be, that I'm dressed in this outfit, that we do it as a reminder in the way that God really intends for us to live and prepare our lives to live for him. See, he wants us to leave here, not just that we're here for an hour or so on a, on a Sunday morning, but he wants us to use these tools so that we can carry out and live out our life day to day, throughout the entire week. What fruit do you, is missing in your life? During this song, reflect on that, pray on it, ask God to show you what that fruit is and how he can reveal it to you and how you can then regain that fruit to bring back into unity and harmony the life God wants you to have. Let us stand and sing.